Well, hello, and welcome to this new episode of Head and Heart, a new podcast by Probe Ministries. I'll be your host today, Paul Rutherford, joined in studio by my esteemed colleague, Dr. Ray Boland. Glad to be here, Paul. Yeah, Ray, thanks for joining me. Probe is a ministry to equip Christians mm-hmm. to think biblically the other six days of the week, I like yeah. to say, <laughs> to have a biblical worldview to equip you to live a life full of mm-hmm. ministry, uh, to answer hard questions, to, to do a lot of, of a number of things. But today... Dr. Bowen, I'm going to be asking you one question in particular. <laughs> Why am I a Christian? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Yep. Why am I? So I'll be, I'm going to be asking you a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Why are you a Christian? I look forward to hearing your answer because I know you have a good answer. And listener, if you have never answered this question for yourself, then this is an important question. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe now's a great Absolutely. time for you to pause and ask. Hey, why am I a Christian? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a, a really good conversation because this is kind of a, a bullseye in the center of a large target, <laughs> yes, Dr. Bowen, of yep. things that we do mm-hmm. around here at Probe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have a hard job ahead of me to try and focus this conversation, <laughs> keep it <laughs> narrow and, and strict and, and not too long. But we're going to focus on that question. And listener, if this makes no sense to you or if it seems bunk or you don't think it matters, I just want you to know that... Uh, Really, you you don't have an option to not answer this question. Mm-hmm. It's already in right. the scriptures, right, mm-hmm. Doctor Bowen? First, Absolutely. First Peter three fifteen yep. says, "Be ready to give a reason defense mm-hmm. for the hope that is within you." If I'm doing it from mm-hmm. memory, with uh, uh, gentleness and respect in season and out. I think I've yep. butchered some translations <laughs> there, uh, but that's the idea. The hope there, that is within you. Thank you. The, that's that's the point for you, listener, that you need to be able to do this. And we're going to help you do it if you haven't, mm-hmm. and we're going to give you some answers. So, Dr. Bowen, there's some history on this question yes, there is. <laughs> for you. Because, uh, A, you do this in our Mind Games mm-hmm. summer camp for teenagers yep. every every year. I also happen, and just in getting ready to have this conversation with you, I happen to notice you had like a seven-page document <laughs> written up about how you answer this question. So, I know we're in for a good time. Time and, and lots of great content uh, and a good conversation. But but tell me more about that. What is it like when you get in a room full of, of teenagers mm-hmm. and you start to ask them this question? How, how does that go? Well, I basically play a role. And usually I'll have a t-shirt underneath. I, I have an atheist t-shirt. It says, science teaches you how to fly to the moon. Religion teaches you how to fly into buildings. Oh, Gosh. Yeah, but there are atheist t-shirts. You can't, you can't oh, buy sure. them. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just very <laughs> and so I, cynical. I, I put that one on. I take a shirt off so they can see it. And I'm, I play a role I simply call the professor. And certain adjectives have been added to the front of that, like the obnoxious professor by some people. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to play a role of an atheist professor. Uh, our, our colleague, Jerry Solomon, who's no longer with us, uh, basically – uh, invented this, and I kind of took it over from him. And uh, he named the professor Professor Jaime Schwartz. <laughs> and I'm doing research on the religious beliefs of young people. And you're here for some kind of conference about supposedly your Christian faith. And I just want to ask some questions for uh, my research uh, project. You know, part of the reason for doing this is to help them see that they really need to be here at this camp. Mm. They really are unprepared for a basic question. And um, so, in in other words, to create a bit of a desire Mm, (laughs) in their heart. I'm I'm glad I'm here. And honestly, it gets to be a little fun for me. I enjoy doing this. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> at the expense of the students. And so I'll just pick somebody out of the crowd. And I'll simply ask, are you a Christian? Yeah. I just say, why? And they start, well, because I, I've asked this Jesus into my heart. Well, yeah, what's he doing in there with all the blood? What are you talking about? This is gross. Oh, like the physical no, heart. Yeah well, yeah, well, I mean, well, where is that heart of your? What are you talking about? What, what's that? Well, I, um, well, it says in the Bible, and they'll quote a few verses. Well, oh, oh you believe the Bible? Well, yeah. Why? Uh, because it's the Word of God. How do you know? There are other holy books that claim to be the Word of God. Maybe they're right. Maybe you're wrong. And eventually, I, it doesn't take long before that they're just they're done. And <laughs> um, if and when in the process with a particular student, if I hear somebody laughing, mm-hmm. that's the next person I go to. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, you're you're having some fun about this. Well, what oh, about you? I see. Are you a Christian? And I go through that, and um, it doesn't. I usually take maybe maybe ten minute ten minutes doing that. Okay. And. Um, doesn't take a while before nobody wants to talk with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. you're tenacious and you go yes. after them. Yes, I do. With hard questions. Mm-hmm. With, hard, with hard questions. Well, and it's just simple things. I mean, you're a Christian. Well, why? To me, that's a very basic question to ask. And I think a non-Christian would be very likely to ask such a question if they didn't know you or you claim to be a Christian. Well, why, why do you believe that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we ought to be ready to give an answer. As as Peter admonishes us to have an answer. Yeah. Okay. So you ask them the question, mm-hmm. and you you just drill them. Yeah. Most of, sounds like most of them don't have a good answer. No. Once no. you really put them on the rack yep. and you demand mm-hmm. evidence or something substantial more than just testimony. Basically, every like. answer they give me, I ask a question about that answer. I see. So just yeah. unrelenting questions, right. just and you just pummel right. them with the questions. Yeah. Okay. What is it like afterwards? Where, where do you go with that? What's well. Most of them are now feeling uh, rather inadequate. <laughs> okay. uh, they've been kind of dressed down. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of laugh. They kind of have some fun with it. They're having fun with it with me. They, they know I'm playing a role. Right. Um, and you're not being nasty about it. No, I'm but just you're asking, asking more hard questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't get belligerent. And I make the point sometimes that, well, a lot of your atheist professors, uh, they're not going to be belligerent to you. But they're going to be putting things in front of you that will challenge your faith. So, whether you're being asked directly or not, there's going to be information that's going to be coming to you uh, that will be challenging. How do, yeah. how do I deal with this? Yeah. My wife always usually has to remind me when I get to the end of this that I need to answer the question, why am I a Christian? So, I put the shirt back on or take my hat off or whatever I used to, uh, as a costume break and I become – Dr. Boland again, <laughs> and I say, well, how I would answer that question in just a few minutes has four parts. First of all, does God exist? If God does exist, has he ever spoken to humans? If he has, then what's that book about? So this would be looking at the existence of God. The Bible is the word of God. And third, is Jesus actually the Christ? The Bible is about Jesus. And then I simply finish with uh, my own personal testimony of how God has worked in my life, and that's the only explanation about who I've become compared to who I was. So I start with, uh, okay, well, first of all, I'm convinced that God exists. And I usually stop there and say, I'm going to use the word convinced rather than believe. Because when you use the word believe with non-believers today, they immediately put it into a fairy tale. 
But when I use the word convinced, that implies there's evidence behind uh, my acceptance of this. So I'm convinced that God exists. And for me as a biologist, the cell is an absolute miracle, a storehouse of information. And first of all, with DNA, the DNA contains the code to make the tens of thousands of proteins that our cells need to function. And all of that is highly regulated. Uh, there's feedback mechanisms in place. The proteins themselves are storehouses of information. They have to be made just right. And when you start putting all that together, even the cell biology literature constantly uses design language. They talk about molecular machines when they're talking about proteins or complexes of proteins. There's now a concept called systems biology. Well, where do systems come from? <laughs> they come from a mind. Information comes from a mind. Intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence has to be there. Yeah. So if God exists, has he ever spoken to his people? And I'm convinced that the Bible is the spoken word of God uh, to his people. And a couple of things convinced me of that. First of all, when you look at the archaeological evidence, we have lots of archaeological evidence that demonstrates certain things of the history in the Bible actually took place. And there's very little evidence that goes against the Bible's history. Mm. So the Bible isn't backed up completely by archaeology, but what archaeology there is backs up what the Bible says. Then you have, we look at the New Testament particularly, we have tens of thousands of Greek manuscripts <laughs> from the first 800 years, and a good number in the first 400 years of the church. And we have fragments that go back to AD 120 or 125. And once we put all these manuscripts together, first in Greek, and then we look at other languages, and we're able to piece all that together, we're quite certain that we have the New Testament that was actually written. And there's no doubt about that anymore. Mm. And uh, we keep discovering more and more Greek manuscripts. The prophecies in the Bible, particularly about the Messiah, uh, Jesus fulfilled, mm -hmm. there's over 40 of them, and Jesus fulfilled every single one in a very precise and specific way. Incredible. So, to me, uh, there's plenty of evidence to indicate that the Bible is the Word of God. Well, the next question is, well, if the Bible is the Word of God, what's the Bible about? Well, the Bible is about the person of Jesus from front, from beginning to end. When I look at the New Testament and the Gospels, if we've already determined that the Bible is the Word of God mm -hmm. and it can, it's trustworthy, then you look in the New Testament and the things that Jesus said and did to claim deity. And some of those are control over nature, calm in the sea, calm in the storm. Nobody could ever, that's not a magic trick. Um, you can't mm. do that by magic. Mm. When he healed the lame man who, who was uh, brought down by Pallet from the roof, yes. first thing he said to him, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And all the Jews in there realize only God can forgive sins. How can yeah. you say that? Jesus' response, well, what's easier to say? <laughs> your sins are forgiven or take up your pallet and walk? Obviously, it's easier to just say your sins are forgiven. So Jesus says, take up your pallet and walk. And he does. So Jesus claimed deity in that Jewish context numerous times. And he demonstrated his deity by the resurrection. We know the tomb was empty. If he was still in the tomb, there had been a shrine made. If the tomb was filled, then the Jews would have plenty of evidence to say, Jesus didn't rise from dead, and his body's right here. What are you talking about? Right. There would be plenty of evidence to just squash the whole thing. Yeah. The tomb was empty. In one of the Gospels, even the, uh, the Jewish leaders give the guards a, a statement to make. Tell people that they came, they overpowered you, that the disciples stole the body. So they gave an explanation that the tomb is empty. Mm -hmm. So the next question is, if the tomb is empty, where's Jesus? 
The empty tomb stands as a bedrock of the Christian faith. We have evidences, uh, Paul mentions uh, numerous appearances that Jesus made to various people. At that time, all those people were still alive, and they could verify whether that was true or not. Paul's assertions were never challenged in any ancient writings at the same time. Um, we have plenty of evidence that, first of all, Jesus claimed to be the Christ, and he gave evidence that he's the Christ. So, I'm convinced that God exists. I'm convinced the Bible is the Word of God. I'm convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, uh, and is God himself. The last part, though, is more personal. I simply go into a brief recounting that before I accepted Christ, I'm a, I'm a shy introvert and a person who hangs around the edges, doesn't get involved in things very easily, don't make friends easily. After I trusted Christ, I remember saying to one of my Bible study leaders that um, as I was putting up uh, notices for lectures he was going to give, <laughs> I was scared to do that. Mm. Are people going to see me doing that? I once said that I can never even get up in front of a group of people and even give my testimony. That was in 72, 73. Because you were afraid of public speaking. Public speaking. Getting in and, front of people and, talking and being, of people. And being ridiculed, not being able to answer any questions. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And within... Four to five years, I was on pro-ministry staff. I was getting training as a speaker by going to various churches and giving apologetic presentations. I've gone to graduate school. I've gained a PhD. And now you can see that I have literally traveled the world giving evidences for God, the existence of God, and so forth in every continent. And uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I am most relaxed at being myself when I'm in front of people uh, giving a presentation. Mm. I love doing that. That's incredible. That's that's the power of God in that's, me. That's not the Ray Bolin. Clearly. That used to be there. <laughs> the power of God. That's almost a miracle in itself. Yeah. That is the leper changing his spots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Bolin. Sure. So, so that sounds like how you answer the question, yeah. why yeah. I am a Christian. Mm -hmm. And you already gave it. You recapped it. You did a great job. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> Why you're like I said, I have fun doing it. <laughs> that there's evidence. Yeah. You're convinced that God exists. Yeah. You're convinced that the Bible is God's spoken word to mankind. You're convinced that Jesus as revealed in the Bible is the Messiah. And you, and then the last part is, is your personal testimony where mm. you talk about why and how you came to faith in, in Christ and what amazing work he's done in your life, mm -hmm. which serves as a, a, really a confirmation yeah. of the genuineness yeah. of the life change you have experienced. God has worked in my life dramatically. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So, listener, I hope you got that. I hope you took notes. <laughs> uh, if you've never answered this question, man, I hope you grabbed on to one thing. Just grab, yeah. just grab one of those. Grab mm -hmm. one thing and, and then own it and then use that be able to repeat it be able to share that with someone else encourage a fellow believer in your life encourage someone in your small group or in your family or someone at church maybe you share this podcast with them i, I don't know i'm not about shameless promotion but i am about <laughs> believers in christ being able yeah. to be equipped to be ambassadors for his son for jesus christ and so maybe that's the next step you need to take and that, that would be a good one uh, any of these things would, would be great. If you already have an answer, then I hope one of these uh, either helped you be more gracious, more understanding, mm -hmm. more compassionate in how you respond to skeptics or people who don't believe or neighbors maybe or uh, friends or family who've rejected, maybe, maybe even rejected the faith. These are really beneficial because I've heard hat tip to Rashio Christie in a video I watched by Corey Miller uh, citing a book 
by Barna, Reviving Evangelism, that uh, Barna is a research group, mm-hmm. uh, one that we've worked with, yeah. Dr. Mm-hmm. Bullen, around here at Probe. They're great. They do great stuff. They do great work. We love, we follow their work often. But in this book, Reviving Evangelism, apparently they, they cite a finding of a study they commissioned uh, of non-believers asking them, what would make it easier for you to believe in in Christianity, okay. like get, they gave them, I think twelve options. Here's twelve <laughs> yeah. different options. Which of these sound good to you? And what's interesting is forty four percent of them said better evidence to support it. Mm-hmm. Better evidence. Yeah. What's forty? That's almost half. Half of non-believers said, "Hey, if I if I could, if someone presented better evidence to me of Christianity." It'd make it more reasonable for me to believe. It'd make it more likely for me to believe. Mm-hmm. And so, if I can interrupt there for a second, there's yeah. a, a, a British philosopher who's now going going on Bertrand Russell. He was asked at some point, "Let's say you die, and you're actually in front of Jesus. Your judgment is coming." And Jesus simply asked you, "Why, why didn't you believe?" He said his answer would be, mm. "Not enough evidence." Mm. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough evidence. evidence. Bertrand Russell, yeah. on the record, yep. for saying, "If I get before the throne, that's what I'm going to say." Yep. Okay. Man, thank you for sharing that. What a great <laughs> illustration of of that sentiment. Yeah. It is literally a definition of it. So, if you're listening to this right now and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, I just want to encourage you. You you probably like me are are tempted to believe. Man, I have this hope within me, but nobody really wants to know it. It's not true. It's a lie. <laughs> or you're thinking, well, if I share this with somebody, they're just gonna they're just gonna criticize me, or they're gonna it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. That I it's that could not be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, non-believers are telling us with their own lips. Yeah, they want better evidence, yep. and there is good evidence. Maybe you're personally doubting whether or not there is good evidence. And so, Doctor, that's Bolin, what the probe website is all thank about. Thank you for sharing your testimony. <laughs> And yes, exactly. That is what the Probe website is. Maybe you should go check out our website, probe.org. There's mm-hmm. thousands of resources, all of them free. Lots of them are free. Yeah. Lots and lots of good stuff there. So check that out. You know, Dr. Bolin, if I were to give my own answer to this question, why am I a Christian? I think I would answer that broadly with three reasons. Okay. The first is I would say I'm a Christian because it's true. Hmm. Okay. So, unlike you, I'm not a scientist. I am, however, a philosopher. So, I come at this from the idea side. Mm-hmm. And truth <laughs> is a real, I don't want to say, I, to be frank, it's probably an offensive term among yeah. philosophers. Um, because really, that's... Well, it might be true for you, but it's not true for me. <laughs> it, it can be for those who are relativistic, but yeah. it's also kind of the hot topic. What's the word? It's, we're all talking about truth. truth it's kind yeah. of a, it's, it's a non-starter. Of course it's true. We're, what we're ta- the whole conversation is about trying to figure out what the truth is. So to go past the, the vagary that I believe it, it's true, I believe Christianity is true, because I believe that the truth cr- claims that are made in the scriptures are actually true. Mm-hmm. I think that what, it, like you said really well earlier, what is the message of the Bible? Yeah. That there is a God, mm-hmm. that he created man, that man is in a, a broken and fallen state and is in need of deliverance. Mm-hmm. What we sometimes call the gospel. Probably yeah. the primary yeah. message of the book is mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, which is the transliteration out of the Greek for that word gospel, is that there's uh, there's hope for man in his broken and fallen state who's separated from God. And so I what I so what I what I mean when I say it's true, I would say that message is true. Mm-hmm. That there really is a God. Yeah. And so I'm kind of sharing a little bit on mm-hmm. uh, we, we have some similar responses, right, and yeah. how we answer the question. But the Bible is Christian Christianity is true, and that's why I believe it, because I believe there really is a God. I believe there really is man, that he isn't did not make himself, he's made from someone else who was a creator, that he's in this broken and fallen state and in need of deliverance, mm-hmm. and he can't do it on, on his own. He can't save himself. 
So that's that's my first first pass at saying why I'm a Christian. Well, because it's true. My my second part to that being true is not just about the truth claims, and this is going to segue into my second point. And I'm going to give a little bit of a hat tip to C.S. Lewis, because I, I didn't mm. make this up on my own, but, but C.S. Lewis is famous for saying that, and I'm going to butcher the quotation here, and I don't know the citation, but something along the lines of, he believes in Christianity, not because it's true, uh, but because, like sunlight, it's the way he knows everything else is true. Mm. Mm. And I love that uh, I love that turn on mm-hmm. how we understand truth because uh, it gets at the the fundamental level of what truth is. That it's yeah. it, it is more, it can be more mm-hmm. than strictly truth claims. It can be the way in which we know truth itself. And so uh, that's another secondary subpoint that I like to put on to why I'm a, why I'm a, why I'm a Christian because not only is it true, it allows me to know truth. So that that segues to my second point, which is it makes sense of my reality. Getting back mm-hmm. a little bit to the personal side, if we're going to answer the question, why are you a Christian? Because I have staked my life on these claims. I have staked my life around this religion. And I got there for some reason, and I and I say it's because it makes sense of my reality. I, I look around, I look at myself, I see that I'm broken, I see that mm-hmm. I'm imperfect, I make mistakes, I'm selfish. <laughs> it doesn't take me long to figure that mm-hmm. out, but also to realize that within me there's this desire for more. There's right. this transcendent yeah. aspect. There's mm-hmm. got to be more. I want there to be more. Mm-hmm. Why don't? Why is the even? Why is the want to even there to begin with? So what's stated in the Bible just corresponds with how I perceive reality. That would be my second second piece, and the uh, the third piece is that uh, owing to this transcendent part, I'll use that as a segue. I find it satisfying to my soul mm. because mm. I uh, maybe like you, Doctor Bolin. We haven't talked about this much, but I came to Christ in college and was an avowed humanist and an agnostic for quite some time through the middle of college in in my college experience and it was it was dissatisfying i had grown up as a believer and had grown up putting my faith in jesus and knew that and then turned on it in college and so i've lived both lives shall Mm -hmm. we say and it was not satisfying there was some kind and it's difficult to describe Mm -hmm. it was emotional but i I like using the spirit i love using spiritual language for it because i think that's the most accurate there's just something about it that was thin even when i did awe gestures of kindness and goodness mm-hmm. holding doors for people giving to the poor it, why am i doing this it made me feel good on the inside but it's instantly gone yeah, yeah. and i you know i just the when I, often when i tell my testimony I, at the end of the day at the end of the party at the end of the dinner at the end of the meal i'm alone in my dorm room mm. on the couch mm-hmm. and that's all there is that's all there was yeah. and that's all there ever will be and yep. gosh that is just debilitating <laughs> yeah that's destroying that's soul killing uh, is this that's not satisfying to my soul? So that that's my third reason for why I say that I'm a Christian. So there's there's my stab at it. Yeah, do you have? I'll give you the last thought if you have anything else you wanted to comment on or say before we wrap because we're we're at time and I think we've done yeah. a great job on this. Obviously, there are lots of other evidences that I could put in there. And uh, at the Mind Games conference, we have a whole presentation on each of those: the existence of God, uh, is the Bible reliable? and the person of Christ. So there's lots more that can fit in there, and you can find all that at the PRO website mm. and, and much more than we put in those those three presentations. So mm. it's available. Everybody needs to, to be willing and able to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that is in within you. Yes, thank you for thank you for that. Again, for citing first peter three there and uh good good word uh admonishing our listener to get to go check out more resources on our website like you said this has been an overview in a sense we have Mm -hmm. whole you have whole Mm -hmm. lectures and talks on each of these points which is great and true there's lots of books on each of these topics 
uh, but not just to fluff ourselves up here, but but I think to speak concisely to summarize this conversation and the benefit for our listener in particular is that this is a real good summary. This is a real good encapsulation mm. of of First Peter three mm-hmm. fifteen of a, a yeah. lot of the work that you and I do. We spend a lot of time talking shop and doing all kinds of things, but it, there's a lot of value in the ability to to condense it to mm-hmm. put it together in a way that's coherent yeah. and also in a way that keeps the other person in mind. This is not just ideas this is not just us spitting into the air into the void of the internet this is also conversations that we should have really embodied with other people on hey why do i believe this and this really is true and you can investigate it for yourself as i think our pastor is often fond of saying if the truth is true then no amount of scrutiny is going to affect yeah that's right so please bring the scrutiny because i believe it's true Mm -hmm. so let's figure that out yeah so listener i hope you've been encouraged to be able to answer this question for yourself again go to our website probe.org that's what we do around here at Probe. We help Christians think biblically, build up ambassadors for Christ. That's our hope and our prayer for you. Dr. Bowen, thanks for joining me today. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. Okay, great. 